Greetings, and welcome to Montessori in Action, a podcast for Montessori educators to remind you that you are not alone. I'm your host, Elizabeth Slade, and let's spend some time listening to what is in the hearts and on the minds of other Montessorians. In celebration of the American Montessori Society's annual event, our guest this month is Dr. Amira Magaji, the president of the AMS Board of Directors. She's also a founding board member of the Montessori for Social Justice. Her special interests lie in Montessori public school education and anti-bias, anti-racist education. Previously, she has worked as Chief Academic Officer for City Garden Montessori School in St. Louis, Missouri, Principal of Northglade Montessori Magnet School in Kalamazoo, Chief Executive Officer of Philadelphia Montessori Charter School, and Principal of Chester Upland School District and Village Charter School, both in Chester, Pennsylvania. She served as a culturally responsive education facilitator and is a member of ERACCE, Eliminating Racism and Creating Celebrating Equity Regional Team in Kalamazoo, Missouri. Welcome to Montessori in Action podcast, Dr. Amira Mugaji. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So as a Montessori who's been in the community since 2009, I'm just curious, what's on your mind today? So actually, what's on my mind today? Today is February 17th, um, and it is in the middle of African American History Month. And what is on Mm -hmm. my mind today is that through Montessori, with intentional work, we have the opportunity to help students thrive and reach their whole potential instead of actually... um, getting harmed in classrooms, particularly during this month. And so that's that's always on my mind, but in particular today. Mm-hmm. What are some things that come up for you that our listeners could immediately implement in classrooms that would prevent harm and support all learners in thriving in Montessori classrooms? Um, when I'm thinking specifically about this moment in time in February in the United States, I think about... Um, how so many people think it's automatic when we're doing activities around African-American history and history. And and we talk so much about enslavement, but not about um, victory and strength and contributions. And, mm-hmm. and so what comes to my mind is going into classrooms and particularly in February and hearing lessons about slavery. And I'm not saying that doesn't have to happen, But are we being intentional and thoughtful about how the black and brown students are experiencing that in that moment and what they will need to thrive? And so that we can actually take this opportunity to elevate them, to help them feel stronger, to help them feel proud, to help them be honored instead of maybe um, continuing in this cycle of being less than. And this is your actual place in the world. Is that 
intentional disruption that has to happen. And we have the power to stop that by looking at our curriculum to making decisions about what we're teaching on what given day, on what are the works that are being provided for students to participate in, to engage in, what are their activities that they're doing at home and in at school? What does the community look like? What are the conversations um, about? Are they conversations that are operating from a lens of deficit or opportunity mm-hmm. and not only opportunity, yeah. but contribution and strength. So yeah. that's really mm-hmm. heavy mm-hmm. on my mind um, all the time, but in particular in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I love that asset framing rather than deficit mindset. Um, so I'm aware that our listeners are podcast drops on the first Thursday of every month. And so it's March now by the time you're listening to this. And I wonder too, like, how can it not be squashed into the month of February and never addressed again? Like, how are we extending the, um, what you, everything you just talked about into March, April, May, like through across the year, um, to be affirming and focusing on contributions and, um, normalizing greatness? Absolutely. And that actually, um, should be happening every day. That intentionality mm-hmm. around that elevation and contributions should be happening every day. Um, when, when I think about systems and the system of education here in the United States and just the holiday system, that's when it happens. But as any black person will tell you, we celebrate every day. We should be celebrating every day. We celebrate our families every day. We celebrate contributions every day. It should be elevated every day. But just in case it doesn't happen, we still have February (laughs) for the people who missed the other 11 months. (laughs) So, (laughs) All right. So maybe it's a kickoff to the next 11 months. It's just a kickoff. You got 11 more months ahead of you people. Keep this up. Keep it going. It's It's a springboard. Board. It's, 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 it's about extending, not, uh, you know, limiting. So that should be happening every day um, in every classroom. And as Montessorians, we, we think about that preparation, right? Your preparation of your environment and your preparation of self. Well, I, I have to say that without the preparation of self and you're transforming yourself through this anti-bias, anti-racism lens, through this equity lens, through this foundational and fundamental understanding of history and why things are the way they are for black and brown folks, um, it doesn't matter how you prepare your environment because students are not going to have access to what's going on. So you have to be preparing yourself internally so that you know to be intentional about elevating and working from an asset perspective instead of a deficit perspective. And so that is that starts from us. It starts from that transformation, mm-hmm. that spiritual preparation of a teacher. And then it aligns with what you're actually doing in that classroom with students. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that you use the word springboard, that February is a springboard, especially because March is the official beginning of spring. Yes. And to think about the springboard into the topics you raised about the asset framing and the spiritual preparation of the Montessori educator, right? Like how are we doing an investigation and engaging in honest talk to bring our unconscious bias forward um, in the ways that we're interfacing with children every day. 
Um, that's just leading me to think about your work um, as an anti-bias, anti-racist educational consultant and a district transformational coach. Can you just talk a little bit about that work that you do in the world? Because it's coming in strong right here at the top of our conversation. Yes. Um, actually, I really love what I do right now. Um, my title is district transformation coach. I work in an urban um, district in southwest Michigan. And my role is to work with schools and principals and now teachers to um, ensure educational equity. And in order to ensure that educational equity, where does it start? It starts with us. It starts with looking at ourselves, checking our biases, interrogating what we're actually seeing and what is our perspective. What is the lens that we actually use with every decision that we make? And yes, we're going to mess up. That's why it's not just intentional, you know, in front of, but also reflective afterwards. Like, why did I do that? And why didn't I do it a different way? And so the the conversations that I have with educators in my district is around, mostly around, well, why, why do we do it that way? How do we ensure that the students that show up before you every day actually have access to the program? And access to the program does not mean they showed up for class that day. It means that they show up into an environment that is inclusive, that they feel a sense of belonging, they feel cared for, they feel honored, they feel respected, and they are reflected in not only the curriculum and the work, but in the environment. It doesn't mean everybody mm-hmm. is the same, but it does mean everybody mm-hmm. is honored regardless of who they are. And so we work on the academic part of it, right? But we also work on what are the systems that are going to ensure that the students that show up get what they came for, that we, they, that, you know, we give them back at the end of the day better than what they came, not as a person individually, but academically. And if we don't build those relationships, if we don't know who they are from the deepest recesses of their soul, if they don't know who we are, if we're not using that lens and making the conscious decision to say, no, I'm not going to teach about slavery today. It's February 1st. I am not going to cause harm and making those decisions and making shifts, not saying that it's part of history. We can't not teach it, but how do we teach it? What's the framework we're using? How are we engaging? And are we always paying attention to the student's experience? Um, so that is the work that I do and I love it. <laughs> and I get lots mm. of opportunity to um, not only work with the principals and the teachers, but also um, as a consultant, I do some equity professional developments so that um I'm helping to hone, to sharpen that lens for folks Um, because that's the only lens that I have. (laughs) That's literally the only lens that I have. So some questions that are going to come up for me may not come up for them. And that's okay because everybody's at a different place on the journey, but we're on the journey. And we have to acknowledge that and recognize where we are, particularly if you're going to work in a district working with black and brown students, um, that, that they we owe that to them, that that's what we need to do. So, yes, that's what I do every day. Well, you're talking my language with transformational coaching, you know, and the idea that like this is so inherent in Montessori that reflection is such a critical part of the work. There's a John Dewey quote that's been circling in my head that's, we don't learn from experiences, we learn from reflecting on experience, right? And so that idea that it's not what you said or didn't say or did or didn't do, it's the reflection so that next time 
I mean, everyone's doing their best, right? And so what they say or do, if they don't reflect on it, that's going to come out again next time. That's their default. That's Absolutely. all they know, right? Absolutely. But if they're meeting with you and talking with you and thinking it through and they're like, what could I say instead? What could I do instead? Now there's transformation, right? Now there's a, a step in a, a different direction. And, yeah. and that's the exciting part, quite frankly, because I go to the same schools. And so after I have mm, these conversations mm-hmm. or I give this presentation, there are teachers who come up to me and say, you know, Dr. Magaji, I read this chapter and I noticed I was doing this. Now I'm doing this. And that's just like tremendous to me. Um, and so I really enjoy that. But, it, but it's never over. It's never over. It's every day. <laughs> because, you know, the dynamics in the classroom, we, you know, people say school is a business, right? Particularly public school, right? But it's a business of people. And so you never know what you're going to get. So if we have a fundamental set of skills that we have, and at least the right lens and the right tools to use, that's, a, that's some place to start. But we have to know we're always um, making those decisions and reflecting upon those decisions and thinking about perspective. Um, I, there's something I like to share about perspective because... So one of the things that I share when I'm sort of doing some of these presentations, it's about a Yale child study um, that was done in 2016. And it was 135 um, preschool, early childhood teachers. And so they did this study where they sort of, they told the teachers to look out for challenging behaviors from students. And so there were black, black male students, white male students, Black female students, white female students. And so there was an eye scan. And so what they did was they counted how many times the teachers would push this button when they saw challenging behavior. But they also were scanning who the teachers were looking at. And they were always looking at the African-American male student. That's the first part. The second part is there was no challenging behavior. Right, right. There was no challenging behavior, and yet black male students were identified as demonstrating challenging behavior. That's perspective. That's the lens that they're using. So part of my job is to help people say, okay, this is the lens I'm using. How do I change it? What do I, asking myself the question, why am I looking at Johnny? Why am I doing that? Why did I make that decision? Why is that bothering me? And why am I not looking at the child that's doing the same exact thing that happens to be a white female? Yes. And so, yes, yes. exactly. So that's part why of Why am work. I talking to Johnny about this when I didn't talk to Jenny about Absolutely. this two minutes ago? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's in the study, and that's what I experienced as a principal, going into classrooms and being able to come out and say, hey, how do you think that lesson went? What did you see? And then telling them, this is what I saw. And I saw you say these distinct words as in, if you don't stop saying ooh, 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 because you want to answer a question, then I'm going to put you out this circle. But when the little white girl said it, it's, oh, Sally is so excited about learning. But when the little Uh black boy uh did it, he was going to get put out of class. And they were both five. And so that's that's my work. I believe that's my cosmic task is to look for that <laughs> and to help people develop that lens for themselves. Yes, exactly. To name it so that people can see it for themselves, get it out of their blind spot yes. and, you know, into the shared space. Wow. Beautiful. Um, 
All right, I'm I'm also really curious because you are currently the president of the American Montessori Society's Board of Directors. That sounds very big and <laughs> official. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I am. And it is exciting. I love um, working with AMS. Um, I've been on the board for four years, one year, a little over a year as the president. I was the vice president and I was the director for two years. Um, I was elected to the board in 2017. And the transformation that I've seen at AMS over those four years has been tremendous. Uh, it was not automatic. It was intentional. There was a lot of work done and there's a lot more work to be done, but I am very, very, very proud to be part of that journey. Um, so some of the things that I do, uh, so I, I sit on all regular executive committee meetings. So that's the, you know, vice president, the president, um, the treasurer, member at large, the secretary. Um, I serve as a member of um, all of the committees except audit committee, uh, which means I can go to all of the committee meetings. I can't. It's physically impossible. I go to as many as I can, but there are some that I go to every meeting. I lead the executive committee. I'm on directorship committee. Um, membership committee is one I try to pop into. I am. Uh, I collaborate with the commissions and the sections, and if we have a task force, you know, getting that information, providing feedback, giving perspective when necessary. Um, I help lead the annual report that used to be at the Montessori event, but now it's at, at the end of the fiscal year. Um, I represent the organization at conferences and meetings. If I go to other meetings, I'm actually on a panel at the Ames conference on the 25th. Um, I'll be representing AMS, speaking as a public educator. Um, I also, uh, we also financially donate as well as board members. And I get to work so closely with the executive director and um, some of senior leadership, de depending on what, what the activity is. And quite frankly, for the most part, <laughs> it's, it's almost one of those as uh, duties as assigned. Um, it's kind of flip-flop because, you know, I'm the board and then as an executive director. However, if there is a need that I can fill in any capacity at AMS, I am happy to do that. We all have our expertise in different things, so they are not asking me to do several things. But the things that I do know how to do or I have a voice about or I have an expertise, I am always um, available to support, um, to have conversation, to help reflect, um, to bring perspective, to ask the questions, um, and also to learn. And that's an important part. So I do, I am not the only person who has um, been engaged with public Montessori. Um, however, I am, I am passionate about Montessori in the public sector. I am also passionate about um, equitable, inclusive, safe, honoring, respectful Montessori in the public sector. Um, that's very important to me. I do think there's lots of ways to learn, but I think if someone wants that for their family, it should be available to them and it should be high quality. Um, so that I am very passionate about that. One of the things that um, I have been, uh, I will be participating in um, 
rather quickly in, in March, <laughs> is the Montessori event. And there is a pre-conference mm-hmm. the day before the conference starts. Uh, Champion Montessori in the Public Sector Initiative. Woo, 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 woo. Very excited. <laughs> uh, one of the things um, mm-hmm. that is not mentioned in my bio, I am a Montessori parent. I have five children yeah. who all go to the Montessori, the, the AMS accredited Montessori public school within the, the urban district where I live that I used to lead for eight years. <clears throat> I no longer lead that school, but my children all attend. They attend there because I knew they would be safe, honored, respected, and loved. That is why they actually go there. <laughs> and um, and we have lots and lots of options. We have a privilege of sending our children to other schools, and we specifically wanted them to go there. Um, so we're really excited about that. And so even the perspective as a Montessori leader in the public sector, but also a Montessori parent in the public sector, um, I am. I have the opportunity on the 16th to share with that champion Montessori in the public sector. Um, there's one session that I'm going to do around um, equity and belonging in Montessori spaces. And also with Dr. Golden, uh, we are going to be co-facilitating conversations around Montessori research, which is very, very important as well. And I'm super excited about that. Um, Dr. Golden is tremendous, and I'm happy to be co-facilitating with her. Um, So I'm very excited about that. Also at the Montessori event, it gives me an opportunity to meet people, to represent AMS, to answer questions. Um, And I'm just going to be frank here. I, as you mentioned, I started in Montessori in 2009 when I went to work at Philadelphia Montessori Charter School. And when I went to my first AMS conference, I really didn't see many people that looked like me, not just the way I looked as a fully covered black Muslim woman, but also a public Montessorian. In fact, I would go to sessions and people would say such negative things about public Montessori. So to yes, go from, remember those from where mm-hmm. I was in 2009 to where it is today is it, tremendous. And um, just those experiences, um, it's very important to me to um, be a representative because representation matters, whether it's for Montessori students or Montessori teachers, or Montessori leaders, that you don't have to be a a certain way to be this person. You can be a BIPOC person. You can be a Black woman. You could be a covered Muslim. You could be so many things to not only support children the way that you would like in classrooms, but also even at the board level. Um, That being on the board is not something I even <laughs> considered, um, but I was invited. I ran, I was elected, and I decided that if I'm going to be here, I'm going to make the biggest impact that I can make because there are children relying on us. There are adults relying on us because everything is about centering children. And we are not going to get true equity. We're not going to get true inclusion. We're not going to get um, true liberation until the children who are sitting in public seats, public school seats, or even independent school seats actually have the full access meaning. What I mean by that is this, is that being black or brown or indigenous 
or if you identify differently than the way you were born, if you are an immigrant family, if you are not a Christian, you have a different religion, that does not impact your success. That is not a barrier to who you are now and who you are going to be because we don't even know. We just need to open the door and open the space for them to become And they can't become fully what they're supposed to become unless we remove the barriers. And I take that Mm -hmm. very seriously as my responsibility and specifically in working with adults. Um, Yes, works matter. What's on the walls matter. Representation that way matters. But the who's that are in front of the children, the adults who are in front of the children impact the most. That relationship impacts That's the biggest impact. And so that's why my time and work with AMS is really important to me. It's like, what's the biggest impact we can make? What is, how can we strengthen people? How do we help people interrogate who they are? And if they don't want to interrogate, we have to have that conversation as well. Um, This is not about automaticity. It's about work. Yes, Montessori is a pedagogy. It is delivered by people. So we have to work with the people. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Boy, you went so many places there. And there were so many things I wanted to ask along the way, but I'm really caught up in this end idea about Montessorians as part of identity formation for for the small people that will grow into the adults of the future and that we have this enormous impact because Montessori starts at three years old. Children become who they become before our very eyes and as a result of who we are in relation to them and the idea of having strong identity formation for all the, the wide variety of learners and not just the ones that reflect the teacher, the adult, um, is just a powerful end of that whole long piece. Thank you for, for drawing that out. And it's almost like, yeah. un, and as you're speaking to me, I'm thinking about it's unfiltered identity yeah. formation because yeah. what yes. the teacher thinks matters. I, like I said, I have lots of, I have lots of small people. I have lots of children. I have two daughters who are now in the, their last year of the three-year rotation in children's house. They were fortunate enough to have a black female primary Montessori teacher for their first year. That impact was as big as having me as a mother. Yes. Now you're talking about teacher education. Now you're talking about welcoming a wider group of people into the community, you know, teachers of the global majority, teachers of different religions, different gender identities. How are we welcoming all of the adult identities in a way that people are feeling, as you were saying about children, like safe and comfortable and able to relax into learning? Because Montessori training is a big, a whole lot of learning, right? So how are we making that welcome that? Yes, it is a whole lot of (laughs) learning. It is a whole lot of learning. And in my experience, um, one of my noticings was, particularly in an urban Montessori setting, was that there were teachers who wanted to do Montessori, and that was just the end. They're doing Montessori, but nobody's getting Montessori because there was <laughs> there, there, there wasn't the other pieces. Like mm-hmm. schools mm-hmm. are there for the benefit of the children. 
Not for us. <laughs> we only have school because of the children who are in there. <laughs> and so that, that kind of lens is also a conversation that sometimes needs to, needs to be had. And, yes, I love that people want to do, do Montessori. And if we're truly using it to help children reach their full potential, you're not doing anything. You're facilitating. You're creating. You're preparing this environment for them to have access to every single opportunity that is necessary to help them fully form. That is what we're doing. We don't do Montessori. We create the space for us to have our role as the facilitator or the guide and for children to serve their purpose as well. And it changes. Um, so, yes. And that's why and that's part of why I actually love Montessori in the public sector, because it um, it allows that space for children who sometimes they have so many other barriers. But if we're going to do it, <laughs> remove the barriers in the Montessori and the public sector also, because they're there. <laughs> they're absolutely there. Whether that's because of testing or, you know, certification, so many things. We just have to always be intentional, look at the systems, create the plan so that we're creating the space for the children and making sure that yeah. we're prepared for what we say mm -hmm. we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. That's a powerful last line, making sure we're prepared for what we say we're going to do. Mm. Okay. We're all going to take that home in the spiritual preparation piece, right? Then that the idea of reflection as being helping us change yes. so that the next time we're doing it differently. Absolutely. Mm. It's a real call to action right there. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share before we close this beautiful conversation? So the, the only other thing I'd like to share is, um, is I think this always needs to be shared because I literally just heard it two nights ago in a committee meeting that Montessori is already anti-bias, anti-racist. It already follows the child. The intention is already there that every child is seen as who they really are. And I'm going to say it all depends on who the, the teacher is. It all depends on who the guide is in front of the students. And so that if we think about the theory, when we think about the pedagogy, when we think about the philosophy, and know that's the intention, right? That's the way it's written. Please, we can stay true to that. Now honor it and look at the piece. Do your own audit. Do your own reflection. Do I do this? Am I honoring this child? Am I truly following where they are? Am I giving them the things that they need to be successful? Am I doing that? It's not, am I representing them? Can, do they see themselves in the work that we do? Do they see themselves in the, in the literature that we read? Am I, am I creating violence? Am I talking about slavery on the first day of African-American History Month? I mean, these are intentional things. And so I want people to be able to say it's inherent. Then I want people to make it inherent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that mm -hmm. takes work. And I think mm -hmm. part of, Part of the way of making it work is just thinking about those anti-bias principles, right? Identity, diversity, justice, and activism. Think about it. Am I really truly seeing every student for who they really are, not just seeing them, 
but honoring them and respecting them and and making sure they feel like they belong. Am I then acknowledging that all the little who's that are in this classroom are all different and that's okay. And that is strength and that is honor and that is love. And that is how we grow. We grow from each other, right? And then what are the things that I put in place to make sure people get the things that they need? Is everything equitable? I didn't say is everything equal. Is everybody getting what they need to get to where they need to get? And then finally, I also think that Montessori is a breeding ground for change agents. As an administrator, these kids are going to change the world. Yeah, indeed. They're going to change the world. So not only is the teacher doing that, the children are doing all those same things. And that's when you have children who are asking the critical questions that are going to force change. Because it's going to be led by the children. It's going Mm -hmm. to be led by the children. I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk today um, and so passionately and articulately about the work you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Our show is a project of Public Montessori in Action, elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.